Thanks for tuning in for another episode with me, Upskill listeners. It's great to have you back again. I hope you're well. For any first-time listeners joining us today, a very warm welcome from me, Dave, your host. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So if you'd like to continue the conversation, then listen until the end where I'll show you exactly how you can join the Upskill podcast learning community on Slack. Let's get started. Hello there, Upskill listeners, and welcome back to day seven of my work from home COVID-19 podcast series. I hope you're enjoying it so far. If you are, then please let me know and let's dive into this episode. In day six, if you remember, I shared with you two really important points regarding learning and development in terms of the approaches to driving performance in the workplace. And I talked about an infographic that I saw on LinkedIn, which was posted by Sam Allen. And the infographic is um, what I'm going to continue on today. In day six, I talked about performance consulting, uh, what it is and what it's not, and looking at the uh, perspective here in Vietnam. And number two, I looked at learning in the flow of work, what it is and what it's not. So today's podcast is a continuation of day six, and this is really focused on learning and development. So if you're someone in learning and development, you're a professional, um, you're in training, you, you know, you're creating workshops, you're um, you know, developing courses, designing curriculums and all that kind of stuff for your staff in companies and stuff, then this podcast is going to be really interesting uh, to you, I'm sure. And this is kind of the second time that I am doing a podcast really focused on learning and development only. So um, again, thank you very much, Sam Allen, who inspired this podcast. And I will be very brief. Um, of course, you can find the links to the things I'm talking about in the community in Slack. And at the end of this podcast, you'll learn exactly how to uh, join the Upskill community where you can get access to more and more resources and you can chat with people in the community if you have questions or anything like that. So without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, let's start off with number three in the infographic, user-centered design. So what is it exactly? It's an approach to problem solving and solution design, which places the user at the heart of the process. So let's step back a bit for a moment. Now, every business is either making a product or a service or both. So it's in the interest of the organization to sell products and services so they can make money but they also need to understand the customer. They also need to understand how they can improve over time their products and services that their customers want. So they need to keep understanding their customers better and better and better. So the people working in the company, they need to understand deeply the customer's needs. 
and they need to understand the limitations and the barriers that are currently, let's say, holding them back from achieving their targets, i.e. launching a new feature on a product that can drive revenue, that can make the company more money, essentially, right? Or it could be a new product that the company is launching based on an older model, which is now a more advanced product, let's say. So these kind of actions that employees in the company are busy every day in designing and creating new products and services, this has to be done in a very, let's say, efficient process. So that's really what user-centered design is all about, right? So it, it's all about helping people in your company to achieve certain goals for the users of, their, of the company's products or services, right? Because that's essentially how a good business is going to keep growing, right? Because you always want to have happy customers, of course. You, you want your customers to keep buying from you, etc., etc., for as long as possible. Yeah. So when it comes to learning and development, it's really important that you have a very deep understanding of what you're creating on a daily basis for your customers and providing your staff with extremely focused content, you know? You don't want to provide your staff with content that's just nice content, you know, that's just nice to have and doesn't relate to any kind of performance outcome. You need to help your staff to develop and learn, which is really linked to the performance output within that department or group of people that are working on that product or service, right? So you need to provide them with training that can support them or offer them the, the right kind of tools that can enable those staff to work together in you know, making a fantastic product. So that's, that's, on the, that's on the learning and development side, but user-centered design is, is very interesting. There's another term for it, it's also called human-centered design, HCD and UCD, so you can check that out. And you know, it's all about, it's all about understanding the workflow of a product uh, service and looking at the, uh, the goals of the end user, the characteristics and the environments, etc. Uh, it's very, very interesting, um, so uh, definitely um, check it out. Okay, let's move on to the next one. So moving on to number four in the infographic, we come to communities of practice, or another term, collaborative learning, or yet another term, social learning. So what is it? Well, collaborative learning and support takes place organically in small groups across a business. And the collective benefit of the groups 
or the experts in that field, they are able to solve problems together and share ideas. Now this has always been such a really critical part of L&D, learning and development, um, but it has proven to be extremely hard to implement within the organization. Now things are starting to change, but it always comes down to how easily and how readily are the employees able to share and upload all their materials and how well is it organized and how easily can they interact and discuss and manage their ideas in one place. Because everybody has a different level of you know, technical skill in the organization and everybody's on a different platform and you know everyone's got you know on different time schedules and it's just it's just all very disorganized and it, and it can get very disorganized and in the in the end it it can disrupt the community of practice and it doesn't really help anymore so communities of practice though is absolutely critical because why because you're giving your staff who are the ones that are actually talking to the customers, they're actually delivering the products, they're on the telephone, they're on the emails, you know, with the clients every day. And they are the ones that are going to benefit the most from creating those communities amongst themselves in those small groups. Because they are the ones that they need to quickly access information and act on it. They need to execute immediately without the interference of some department called learning and development, right? So a very successful company that has implemented communities of practice or social learning is a company that has learned to not interfere with the process by L&D professionals. So this is really like an approach from the ground up where as learning and development professionals we don't want to interfere in this process but at the same time it does need to be organized and it does need to be easily accessible and you know the systems do need to be in place and nowadays there is technology coming in with uh, you know artificial intelligence and you know user generated content whereby users staff can upload videos documents scorm files into the system and then it can automatically tag the material like a youtube video and it can become searchable in the platform so those kind of developments are only now really just entering the market and we're just scratching the surface in that kind of future. And I think it will take a bit of time still, um, since people are very much, you know, still working in the traditional sense, you know, using Google Drive and Dropbox and, you know, Excel sheets and all that kind of stuff. So it will take a bit of time, but there is a, a very bright future, I think, in social learning. And companies are also being forced right now due to the coronavirus situation, the economy, to really now work in smaller groups and you know have that 
you know, have, have those social experts really guiding the process on a, in a real-time way. So it's a very exciting time for communities of practice and social learning in the workplace. So uh, that was number four. Let's move on to the next one. Okay, number five, tracking impact, not input. So what is it? Well, it's an approach to measuring the effectiveness of L and D by tracking the impact of everything we do against the performance issue being targeted. So this is all about measuring real business KPIs. And it's not about just counting the number of courses or the workshops delivered or um, the uh, total number of courses that were completed, etc., etc. It's really about looking at the company, looking at the business units and saying, right, where are we now? What are we selling? How many sales do we have? What do we need to achieve? What are the measurable KPIs that we need to achieve? on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly basis? And how does that relate to the learning that is required to achieve those things? So we first need to look at, okay, what do we want to achieve on the growth side? And what kind of learning can we link and connect and tie into those ambitions with very, very clear, specific, measurable, targets in terms of you know revenue and actions and activities to measure real business impact so it's it's really not about looking at just courses although having said that many many companies are still just at the stage of you know creating content and delivering training just out of the thin air, you know, going onto Google, doing a Google search and then putting some training together and delivering it, which is very, very costly and very, very time consuming and doesn't really impact the real bottom line in business, right? So that's where most companies are at the moment, but it is changing extremely fast. So companies are looking at at least moving away from that situation and they are getting to the stage now especially here in Vietnam they are really wanting to you know implement a system because they do need to see the progress and the engagement of their learners they do need to see that because what they have been using up until now it just hasn't really made an impact at all so they do need to track that their learners are engaging with their learning experience but at the same time at the same time it is about impact so that learning really needs to be drilled down and really needs to focus on those KPIs so for if you're a business right now and you're listening yes you do you do need to get to the next level in terms of moving away from just creating training and you know delivering it and then that's it you need to get away from that you do need to start thinking like right i need to create the right training that's based on real business kpis and how can i manage that as a business how can i manage that and you know 
save cost on you know a lot of admin expenses and time spent on creating resources and things like that how about turning it around a, a, a bit in terms of where does learning need to be applied in the workplace based on the uh, the business growth KPIs what do I need to deliver how does that need to be created right and then you need to find a way of implementing that into into your business so these are very exciting times indeed but number five just to sum up tracking impact not input input is a very important point that's it for me I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast cast episode just to summarize we covered user-centered design or human-centered design we covered communities of practice or social learning collaborative learning and last but not least we covered tracking impact not input so let me know what you thought I will add the some links into the slack community so you can read more and ask questions if you like thanks very much for listening and see you in the next episode So that's it for another episode on the Upskill Podcast. I really hope it brought you a lot of value. If you'd like to get free access to resources on what we covered in this episode, ask questions or just hang out virtually and chat with other members who share similar interests to you, then why not join the Upskill Podcast learning community on Slack? To join the community, go to the show notes of this episode or the caption and you'll find an invitation to join Slack. Or send an email to Dave online at theupskillpodcast.com if you need support. I'm looking forward to welcoming you to the community and to continue the conversation. Thanks so much.